Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Wearing a men's warehouse outfit makes you confident, like you could do anything. So you dance like no one is watching, even though everyone is watching. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you interview like the job is already yours because it is. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you golf as if the rules don't apply to you because you're too well-dressed for rules. Because of the men's warehouse outfit. At Men's Warehouse, get measured, get fitted, get hot, get confident in everything from tailored suits to underwear and all the stuff in between. Love the way you look at Men's Warehouse. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bike Radar podcast. My name is Seb Stott, I'm the mountain bike tech writer here at Bike Radar, and I'm sitting here with Jake Ireland, who runs Sprung Suspension, which is a suspension tuning workshop here in the Forest of Dean. And I'm going to ask him... We're going to have a bit of a chat about kind of what uh, suspension tuning is, why you need it, why you might want it, and why um, the big brands like Fox and Rock Shops uh, obviously know what they're doing. So how come some people find they need to do something different uh, with their products? So Jake, what are the main things that you do from a tuning side? Obviously you do servicing here, which yeah. I think most people understand what servicing is for, you know. Yeah, totally. Stopping the wear and yeah. making things. Yeah, and keeping performance good for a longer amount of time. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But on the, I guess that's probably most of what you do, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, the, the majority of our work is service-based. Um, yeah. And then I think the riders who've had a bike a while or have some particular feedback will ask us about tuning or, We've had a lot lately where we've been tuning in RockShox Super Deluxes, which is what you've come in for. Yep. And it's it's um where a lot of that's just been word of mouth. People say, mm. Oh, we you know, we've heard you've done this on someone's bike and it's it's really good. Can can we can we have something similar? And yeah. There's there's everyone definitely knows a, everyone around here. Yeah, it rides in the forest of Dean. Totally, so. yeah. And there's there's definitely an element of us having to make sure that it's the right thing for the person before we do it. Isn't mm. there? It's not something that we we wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everyone, but there are, there's, there are definitely benefits if, 
if it's if it's for you. So what kind of things are we talking about with, with the Super Deluxe shocks in particular? So the Super Deluxe shocks come with a digressive rebound tune, mm -hmm. which the, the simplest way to put it is a lot of people find that it feels like you're being kicked in the feet <laughs> um, when, you're, when you're riding, especially over rougher stuff. And that's yeah. where the, the rebound circuit's opening, opening from close to open really quickly. And it's, it's a bit unnerving and it, it feels yeah. like stuff's unstable and you, it's hard to get your bike to feel balanced. Um, yeah. so, so a digressive rebound tune is um, where you have, relatively speaking, a lot of low speed rebound damping. So when you're kind of going, yeah. kind of, if you're not, yeah. if the shock's not moving too deep into the travel, it's quite, feels quite slow. Yeah. But then when you hit something hard, you use a lot of travel and then you it's kind fast. of return from deep in the stroke. It feels, it's a lot faster. Yeah. Um, so obviously that has kind of some, there's a reason why they do that. You know, it means that you have a bike <laughs> that feels, in theory, it feels stable over small stuff, yeah. but it still recovers quickly and from I mean, deep in the stroke. And, and a, that's the idea or part yeah. of the idea behind the yeah, kind of rapid recovery. Yeah, and we're, without getting too kind of geeky about it, a lot of that technology comes from applications where there's a massive amount of sprung weight and it's mm. consistent. And like the, a motorized vehicle. Yeah, yeah, like a motorized, like a motorbike or car or you know, who, wherever they want to say they got the technology from it, it'll be bigger and heavier. And yeah, the 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 thing with a mountain bike is your your sprung weight is never consistent because you as a rider will go light, go heavy, and yeah. proportionally you're so much heavier than the bike is that. We're dealing with, I know, although it's suspension, the, the, what we're dealing with is actually quite different. So, then, yeah. but like you say, there are applications and there are, there is some solid thinking behind it, but um, yeah, it's just us and a lot of other people find that that's not always the case. Yeah, okay. So people come to you and say, how, how do they, apart from hearing, you know, yeah. Person X, mate of mine who's really fast, has got this tune, yeah. can I have it too? Yeah. Uh, is that how people come to you? Um, no, a lot, a lot of people will come to us just, you know, um, my, my Super Deluxe needs a service, yeah. and, and we, we can say at that point, you know, tuning it actually isn't ideal because you're 100 kilos or, mm. or 50 kilos or... Um, or just, oh, actually the tuning that isn't quite right for the bike, we can make a massive improvement, mm. um, which is actually only a relatively small amount. A lot of people will come to us and just say, um, I need a service, can you make any improvements while you're in there? And with the Super Deluxe, the, the answer is pretty much always yes. Mm. And I mean, it's not a bad shop to start with, and that's, that's totally not what I'm saying, because it's a, it's a really good solid option that will work for a lot of people and we do we sell a lot of them and people are happy with them stock and in, including me i've mm. ridden stock on a lot of bikes and i mean i'm sure you'll be the same so. yeah yeah i've ridden i've ridden super flexes and lots of bikes and obviously it's down to the frame manufacturer yeah. to 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 a large extent it's down to the frame manufacturer oh, totally. to decide what tune and, yeah. and how the shims are arranged inside the shop so you know, it, yeah. it's not even, even if, even if it was rubbish, yeah. it wouldn't even be even, completely down to rock shocks. It would be down to the, the frame manufacturer as well. But, but, um, so with this, so the reason I'm here, the other reason I'm here is to, I've got a privateer 161, which has a super deluxe. I think it works pretty well, but I noticed it has this thing where when you go deep into the travel, the rebound is quite fast. Yeah. Whereas 
you know, to compensate for that, you're slowing it down with a low speed adjuster, but then it, it starts to lose sensitivity on smaller yeah. chatter. And I've had this before with the Fox, just so we started off with rock shots. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not, you know, it's not all no, that no, rock so, shots. Um, I had with the, yeah. the Fox DPX2, yeah. I had a digressive tune. Yeah. And I had probably to a great extent the same feeling yeah. of like so bucking on big landings. That's the other one that we did. So, really, the Super Deluxe and the DPX2 are the two main ones where for almost every bike and every rider, there's a, there's a massive improvement to be made. Um, yeah, I mean, it's mainly through this digressive rebound that has come to yeah. be thought of as a come to be thought of as a really good idea, and there are reasons behind it. But yeah, it's, it's it can basically always be improved once you know know the rider and the bike. Yeah, so so you're looking at the kinematics of the bike, like the leverage. Yeah, yeah. so leverage ratio of the bike, weight of the rider. Yeah, and um, one of the big reasons that they do it is because it means that 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 single tune will work for it will work satisfactorily for whether you're a 60 kilo rider or a 100 kilo rider mm. um they as a as a brand like rock shots or fox you're you're making a shock that has to work for everyone yeah and what what we then do is make it work for you but you know, if if your weight, if your mate who's twice your weight jumps on your bike or half your weight jumps on your bike, it probably won't work. You know, it'll work for them, but it yeah. won't be ideal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so when you um, when you do this change, if you're talking about the the more linear rebound, yeah, you're it's quite fairly bespoke then to the to the yeah. rider and the bike. Yeah. So we yeah, like you say, we look at kinematics of the bike, weight of the rider, and there are a few things where we look at what the rider is running at the moment. Um, so just, we'll generally say, don't don't fiddle with your settings before you send the shock in. Or if you know if mm. you're coming in, we want to see whether it's kind of fast or slow at the moment. So the obviously the change that we make in the rebound is a change, and um, things will be different afterwards. So it's mm. the the architecture of the shock going from um, your low speed rebound being relatively slow and your high speed, re high speed rebound being relatively fast is almost turned upside down. Mm. Um, so your, your low speed rebound can be um, a lot more reactive to kind of um, pattery trails that we seem to have a lot of mm. um, and then if you if so, you, like, so like loads of routes in a row yeah, small bumps totally. like high yeah high yeah so yeah stuff. high frequency not necessarily high shaft speed yeah but when you get really deep in the travel there's enough damping there that it doesn't just feel like you're out of control and unbalanced yeah and then there is a really yeah there's, there's a really fine line between not enough and too much um, yeah. And yeah, that that's definitely the the thing where we you know we've got an extensive database and data, and we can we can uh, get dyno data to to prove what we're saying. So it's mm. it's yeah, it's, it's definitely not guesswork, and it's not something I necessarily recommend to be done at home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, taking a shock apart at home. Yeah, it's, it's basically it's, a no-go no without a whole load of tools. Yeah, yeah. it's not easy. Um, so are the people who it doesn't work for, are there...? Um, 
I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're not really. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way. But to I guess it. that's because you're. Yeah. You're not just guessing. You're not trying to make yeah. it for and everyone. Yeah, we, that, I think that's the that's the thing to kind of stress is it's 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 it is a bespoke service that means it's right for you, and it mm. it definitely wouldn't mean it was right for someone else. Or if you swap that shop to another bike, it would probably need some work doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it, there's... So like a, a standard off the, not off the shelf, but a, a shock tune that comes on a bike yeah. off the shelf is probably more likely to fit a different rider or a different bike well, yeah, reasonably so well, yeah, whereas so they're made yours to are fit, a bit more narrow. Totally, yeah, they're made to fit every rider weight, which is the... Yeah. Every rider weight, and they, uh, they generally have a few shock tunes where you'll have a window of leverage ratio for compression and... Yeah and rebound and then you're kind of working with well this will work for every it'll work okay for everything is the best way to put it as a generalization yeah, yeah. so is there a kind of an equivalent with fox because a lot of the dpx2s yeah. in particular i find have this quite digressive yeah, so, trait on the rebound yeah so dpx2s again um dpx2s we see more uh di we see some digressive compression stacks on dpx2s as well right um, I haven't checked the diagrams for 2021, but it's still something that we see relatively often. And mm. um, but yeah, it's digressive damping is, well, like I said earlier, it's not something that I'm a massive fan of. Okay, um, even on I, compression as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think there are there are better ways to to ensure things are controlled, stable, predictable. Yeah. Um, I guess it, dep it depends a lot on the bike because oh, totally, yeah. there are some bikes where there's a kind of mechanical stability with yeah. like the anti-squat. So the chain force actually yeah. makes the bike stable and yeah. the brake force can make the bike stable. Like, so some bikes need that low speed damping more than others oh, to totally, stabilize yeah. it. And yeah. also some riders and some riding yeah. styles will want that kind of more damped, more sort oh, of- Oh, totally a stable, steady yeah. feeling bike. Yeah. And other people want it to like, just react yeah. and flutter more over the, yeah. the chatter, I mean, which is the always the trade-off. You can't have yeah. both. Yeah, you can't I mean, have a bike that like, is totally stable and steady, yeah. but that whenever you hit a route, it just moves. Yeah, and that, that's one thing that is, yeah, we're, we're not magicians. It's important to say that, you know, yeah. we, we can make a vast improvement, but we, we can't defy yeah. physics. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. you know, they're, there's stuff that we can do, but stuff that is actually, you know, not realistic as well. So you find the compression on the Super Deluxe is not um, something you feel the need to no, we, tinker we with change, as much? No, we or? change it a lot, almost on every single one we do. Mm. Um, but we, yeah, so we've just changed the rebound on yours today. I think we'll probably change more in the future. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it gives you a, a better base for testing one thing at a time. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's... We would generally change compression stacks on the main piston and in the and like your lockout piston mm -hmm. um, and the rebound stack on the main piston. So you're trying to um, make that more linear as well. Generally, yeah. So we generally, would, speaking? Ge generally speaking, we'd make everything linear to a point. Yeah. Mm. Do you think that's to do with the terrain round here? Because I guess a lot of your customers are fairly local. Uh, all or are over they not? the UK. All over the UK, but I okay. think the. Having ridden in a lot of places in in and out of Europe as well, it's mm. 
we are quite unique with the trails that we have. Okay. Um, so do you think that contributes to this sort of preference for yeah, linear I think, downhill? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, so, yeah, one of, um, one of the guys I know really well runs a suspension centre in New Zealand, and he, they have similar things to us. Um, however, there, there are a few things, a few difference, few subtle differences, but their requirements are pretty similar to us with people wanting it to be um, stable, predictable, but stable and predictable throughout the travel and for bikes to be balanced. Mm. Um, and I think it's another thing to just kind of touch on is that the digressive rebound especially digressive compression in your shock is so hard to make feel balanced with the fork okay um, yeah yeah so yeah why is that just because well so your fork damping won't ever really be digressive unless you're unless you're on a xc race bike mm. um on compression yeah on compression on on rebound it's on rebound yeah be yeah so yeah and the digressive rebound on a fork seems to work pretty well. I mean, mm. there, there are times that we change it for specific um, like applications or riders who, who have a specific requirement, but like the, the RockShox rapid recovery system is, is so good for the majority of people out of the box. But yeah, we can make some changes if people mm. feel the need to, but yeah. I, I guess like it's, it's a bit different because if your fork returns too rapidly from deep in the travel, yeah. it's not the end of the world. If your shock no. returns to, it's, you oh, can yeah, get yeah. flung over the handlebars, yeah, totally. like quite literally. So yeah. I tend to run my rebound on my fork a touch faster yeah. for that reason. Yeah, me too. Because it's just not, there's less downside. Yeah, yeah. And totally. I, I guess that translates into the, the digressive versus linear yeah. thing. Yeah, and there's a lot less downside with a fork and the, feeling like you end up with better grip and better tracking as well yeah. mm. is another thing that with, with the fork it's harder to, as soon as you slow your rebound down it becomes virtually impossible to achieve so mm. I mean, is, when we're talking to, talking, talking to people about setup we would generally err on, the, err on the lines of you want to run the rebound as fast as you can get away with Mm. Um, and you know that's not pogo stick fast, but for yeah. for a lot of riders that seems to be a an easy way to make that comparison. Yeah. So is there anything that you do? Um, we talked about things that are more like tuning for a specific rider style. Are there are things that are like an out and out upgrade because as opposed to like something that will suit someone um, more specifically. So yeah, there's, there's or is the term upgrade because sometimes upgrade people use the term upgrade and it's like I'm not sure that really is an upgrade. Yeah, so like there's stuff like the Magneg Aircam with Super Deluxe and um, yeah. volume spaces and you know Magneg is just a a different structure that you're fitting volume mm. spaces to and it the air spring upgrades can a lot of the time not be an upgrade and it's very bike specific. Yeah. And that's something that we see, we do see a lot where people say, ah, oh, you know, RockShox have released this Magnag, I want one. And then 
you find yeah. out what bite they've got and you're like, eh, I probably wouldn't bother. The Megneg is basically a huge negative chamber huge for negative. your rock shock, super yeah. luck shock. And yeah. I've, I've tried it on a couple of bikes and most of the time it just makes it too progressive. Yeah. Unless you've got a bike that's not very, yeah. if you've got a really linear bike, I think it would work really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it, again, it's not for everybody. No. And I don't think RockShox is trying to make something for everyone. Oh, no, no, totally not. And I think that's that's one of the, as mountain bikers, as a, if you were going to put every mountain biker into one pigeonhole, which isn't the right thing to do, but it, a lot of people just get, oh, that, that's shiny. People are saying it works well or people sometimes don't necessarily understand that the the one bike is not necessarily the same as another bike so just because it makes one bike better doesn't mean it will make every bike better yeah yeah there's so, yeah. a i think you had a look at um one of my colleagues ed had the yari not the yari it was a motion control damper oh, right, yeah. anyway. And I think yeah. you like drilled it out so it had more oil oh, yeah, so compression. Because yeah. I think they have the opposite problem. Yeah. That on high speed compressions, yeah, just, they spike. there's not enough oil flow, no. so you get the spiking yeah. because the oil just, there's it not enough area for the oil to yeah, get to through. Yeah, to the point that we see crack dampers sometimes from where really? the oil force is so much that the damper just cracks from force. I mean, the, the motion control damper is, you know, relatively speaking, is a budget damper. Yeah. Like rock yeah, sharks. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, 2004, I think that was a new thing. So yes, yeah. But but um, there's something you can do with that. Yeah. That so right? yeah, we we can modify port sizes, which when there is a difficult one, when there wasn't a choice of dampers and motion control was like you you you'll be all and end all, then it was a really relevant thing to do. And now with with charger and Grip, well, yeah, Grip 2 on Fox, Charger with RockShox, it's the, the architecture of the damper and how it works is actually pretty good. Mm. And we're making incremental improvements per rider now rather than... Wholesale. Yeah, rather this than wholesale, this is better. And yeah. it's one of the things where, you know, RockShox and Fox do know what they're doing and things are improving year on year. And in a way, the amount we can do becomes having to be that bespoke, well, we'll make it perfect because those those leaps and bounds upgrades are kind of harder to come by. Mm. Mm. But that, so that um, motion control upgrade is basically just drilling it out so it can have more Yeah, so size, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, increasing oil flow yeah. by drilling the port sizes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and there's similar stuff with um, Vivid Shocks. That's another, another one where yeah certain bikes, uh, Giant Glories actually from a few years ago, the, the Vivid shot topped out really badly so we could change twin tube port size and oil weight and solve the problem. Okay. Um, so yeah, then there are certain, certain single bike situations where there are things we can do, but as a generalization now, it's, it is very bespoke or bespoke or nothing a lot of the time. Mm. Are there any kind of modifications or upgrades that you see people do or inquire about that you think are just not not worth going for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> no, I mean, like there are there are a few things where you know we 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 are sprung. We we. I mean, I come from a testing background, as as mm. you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and um. 
there, there seems to be a lot of the there seems to be a lot of suspension companies or bike shops or in, you know people that will something new will come out and they'll be like oh that's amazing buy it and then something else will come out oh that's amazing now that's the best this is the best this is the best mm. and we're we're so much more performance focused that you know that I haven't said to anyone that like the Z is amazing we've sold a few but I haven't actually spent any time on one yet so I can't can't form a decent enough opinion to be saying on social media you know this is amazing you mm. need to have one but there are other things like the the ext shocks for example where i can say actually i've spent a lot of time on them they're massively tunable they're a lot of money but you will see a massive upgrade so yeah mm. i i can i can vouch for that and as a business that's important to me and it's you know i'm not i'm not a salesman i'm a <laughs> performance focused mountain biker which you know maybe That's exactly what a salesman would say well yeah <laughs> it doesn't make me the right person for this job because if someone came to me and said i want to buy if someone say, came to me last year and said i want to buy a float x2 i would have told him like you're not buying it from us like you can get it from somewhere else because we can sell you something good or buy it from somewhere else because it's it's not in my interest to to sell people stuff for a lot of money that they're not necessarily going to be happy with mm. um, or going to have reliability problems with. So so if you, if you had a lot of reliability? Yeah, Float, X, Float X2s and DHX2s were massively unreliable. Um, and I, I think even Fox will take that on this the is, chin that I'm saying. This that. is in addition to the uh, air can yeah. problems they had yeah, a couple so of years ago. Yeah, so there's been four, I think, different Float X2 seal kits that have just had incremental, mm. oh, we'll just change this, change the two. Yeah. So a lot of the issue with Float X2 was that the air cam air was getting into the damper. Yeah, okay. Um, then DHX2s, they went from a, from a pretty solid sealing system on the older ones to a U-cup seal, which is less friction on the newer ones, but seems to be massively unreliable. Well, doesn't seem to be. It, it is. Are you talking about the brand new ones? Or no, the, the so up like to 2020. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So we we yeah we've got a few development shops that we bought of 2021 mm. Fox stuff. So we're we're just trying them out at the moment. But mm. yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting one because it seems to be so market driven, and I guess there's a fair bit of OE pressure at times to mm. to do something different or make something new, and we're not in that we're not in that camp of just saying, oh, well, it's new, so it's better. So, mm. you know, we're, we're all riders. Everyone here rides, and we all spend a lot of time on our bikes, and we, we all come from relatively kind of knowledgeable backgrounds. Mm. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're much more like, we'll, we'll sell you something once we know it's good, and we'd be happy to sell it to you. But, yeah, I know, and it sometimes is a bit backwards for business, but... I'd, I'd want to sleep at night. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever have requests for, like, upgrades to existing products that you're less than impressed by? Um, like, um, example, I'm not a big fan of the MLP ramp control. Yeah, so, like, similar thing where we we had people request it and we were like, you know what, it it's not that impressive to ride it's a whole lot of money you know you it, it gives you less mid-stroke support yeah. and it gives yeah. you a, a, a speed sensitive yeah and it aspects of the damping which i find really but the, 
really hard to ride. It, it's the fact that you're trying to then, your speed sensitivity is generally damper based. And to yeah, try and- that's, that's what yeah, damper yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, so to try and, so if you look at a four core shock, you're just a suspension item on a bike, your, your speed sensitivity is through your damping and your position sensitivity is from your spring. Yeah. And trying to blur those lines is just like, I don't understand why you would feel the need to do it. Yeah. The, um, I mean, it's, it's a cool product oh, in, a, cool in, in a way because yeah. you can adjust the, the progress, yeah. progressivity in a way on the, on the fly. But the weird thing about that product is that under low speed compressions, like you're hard on the brakes for a few yeah. seconds at a time, you have a softer spring rate than <laughs> yeah. when you hit a bump hard. Yeah, and which then you is, have a much firmer progression. Which is, it's, it's kind of backwards. It's, yeah, it's totally backwards. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I mean, maybe I don't want to single out. No, but I'm I just, mean that. that I'm just, a, so I, I've tested that product. I've reviewed it. I'm yeah. not a fan. Yeah. So I, I was wondering if yeah. you felt the same, and if yeah, and if, if in that situation, if you did feel the same, if that would be something you would steer people away from. Oh, totally. We we've steered multiple people away from it, and I know. I know there's there's one guy locally to us who uses us for a lot of work, and we steered him, steered him away from it. He bought one from elsewhere, and then I think he gets on with it all right, and we've we've worked on it. But it's you know mm. I, I'd rather not be if I can't be telling someone that I know it's going to be better then I'm yeah you know you tried the the Neopod spaces no I've had. I haven't tried them, but I've actually got a set of the Andriani Pro Impact to try. Okay. That I'm, similar concept. Yeah, similar concept to okay, the Neopods. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah drop in and they, there's um, like a foam finger on the Andriani to keep them kind of together and in order and you have okay. different... different so, so one of the reasons I've not tried the Neopods is because apparently they can break down yeah. and get stuck in the transfer, in the transfer point in the spring. Yeah. And obviously all the forks I ride aren't my forks. Yeah, I don't want to give it back to like SRAM. <laughs> yeah, and be Alex like, oh, at SRAM and be like, yeah, I broke you for yeah. <laughs> trying a product that you don't yeah. make. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so yeah. it's not something I've tested, but no, I mean, I'm interested I'm, to hear thoughts. I've been really keen to try it, and I know, um, yeah, like so the guys in NZ that that we know really well, they've got they've got on really well with the Andriani system over there. Yeah, um, they've said a few riders have have really found it benefiting, like later on in the travel, just having effectively a, a progressive foamy bump stop is you know so actually hitting yes. hitting it physically yeah. as a bump stop okay because for those who don't know the idea behind these products is that they're basically a volume spacer that shrinks Moves. as you go yeah. through the travel yeah. which means you effectively have a more progressive fork in the beginning of the travel so you have more yeah. mid-stroke support but then as you get towards the end of the uh, end of the travel the volume space shrinks so you can get to full travel and it isn't too progressive towards the end so yeah it seems like a good idea in theory to me yeah it's to be totally honest my worry is the same as you that as soon as they break down and cause damage yeah it it becomes really difficult because if if we as a suspension center have recommended that to someone and it's caused damage in their fork and then are we yeah. liable or it's one of those really it's a delicate one. Yeah. But I mean, if if we ride them and it's a massive, massive improvement and we can say, look, you know, even if your CSU lasts a year, you need these in it. <laughs> you know, 
probably it's an unlikely outcome, but you know, <laughs> you know, it, we can. I think it's more it's the, the air spraying that you yeah. worry about the piston and the yeah, yeah, totally. Is um, have you tried the runt? Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's quite a cool yeah. idea. It's a, it's almost think, like what Olin's have got. Yeah, it's the double double it's, positive uh, chamber that fits yeah, on the top. Yeah. Yeah, and then, oh, I can't remember the brand. Again, again, the idea is yeah. to give you more mid-stroke support yeah. for a and given bottom-out force, which most people with air springs yeah. is, what, is probably what they want. Yeah, totally. And I think o Olin's, a, it was a great idea, probably not particularly well executed. I think um, that was the one, that was something they did right, was yeah, that, yeah. that air spring design, Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I from, think. A, from a performance point of view, that air spring design was incredible from a reliability point of view. Oh, I see. Yeah, it was yeah. less incredible. Yeah, okay. It was, yeah, what? it was really good, but yeah. So as a, as a service center, what are there certain products that you get that you don't mind telling me about that are, um, <laughs> I mean, bit, that are less than reliable or that you see more often than you'd hope to? Yeah, well, I mean, there, there are certain things like um, RockShocks don't make uh, damper shafts available for any of the air shocks so say you've got a frame and you've been riding it with your frame bearings gone and you've caused some damage from side load to the damper shaft okay you've written, yeah. you've written your shock off okay so we we see that relatively so that's not something you can fix no so but, and mm. it's not something we can fix it's not something generally covered under warranty all the time mm. um, because it's effectively down to poor maintenance yeah but, so your frame bearings get Worn, yeah. So the link starts moving yeah, so around side side sideways. And, yeah. yeah, and then okay. you can see how like that's not really rock with, shocks. No, but but that's... with ev but with almost every other brand, that part is available to yeah. remedy the problem. I see. So yeah. that is there are little things like that where yeah, that is not particularly reliable. And then there are other things where so um, Cane Creek, for example, with the uh, inline air shock. The original ones, I think everyone knows, were horrendous and mm. massively it's unreliable. Quite well known now, yeah. Yeah, um, but the new ones, you know, we we haven't really seen any issues. Oh, that's good. And it's there are, yeah, there are certain things where you know people do turn it around, but um, yeah, there's the odd product that comes in that we're a bit like, yeah, that that's uh, this again. Yeah, this is a bin job, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, it and it's you know sometimes a nice surprise when it isn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What do you find, are there any quite common mistakes that you see from consumers, that people using things wrong, people setting things up badly? Um, I guess the main one we see off the top of my head would, is people running air springs too soft. Yeah, so they, you see that on the trails all the time. And they, they say, oh, it's, it's feeling harsh, so I, I made it softer and it's getting harsher. So let more air out and it's even harsher. And you're like, well, yeah, you, you sat on where the spring curve's really steep. You want to put more air on it, air in it, yeah. it'll feel softer. And you're like, oh. And you, you kind of, we end up drawing this graph that we all, like, basically just a, here's an air spring curve. Yeah. Like, you're at 80% travel on the really steep thing. Your bike's not balanced. Like, just. Your geometry is all off. Yeah, it'll climb terribly. Yeah, nothing is right. Let's just make some changes, and people will come back. Oh, it's mind blowing! How does making it harder make it softer? And it's like, well, you're not actually making it softer; you're making it more sensitive. Yeah, your bike's yeah. just working better in yeah. every way. Yeah, and um, yeah, they're, they're, that's probably the main one. Um, yeah. The yeah. other one we see a lot is people 
Um, so the 30, so grip two dampers on 36s and 40s, mm. where you know I've got high speed compression adjustment. I'm going to use it all. Yeah. And you just like that. This is the, the 2021. Yeah. From which the, obviously is completely obsolete now. Yeah, completely <laughs> obsolete. No one's got one. But the, the um, 2021 is vastly different. The yeah, range so, of adjustment is much lighter. Yeah. So we, I'm yet to ride one of those. Okay. Yeah. So so with the the brand new on the 2021 one. You can put it halfway in, like, if you want, because uh, okay. some people have said to me, like, I just put everything to halfway. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, totally. So you can do that with the new one, it feels pretty good. Yeah. You did that with the old one, oh, it, yeah. was, it was really pretty harsh. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I guess that's, that's, a, that's an issue I've heard of. Yeah, oh, yeah, It's totally. people thinking that halfway must be about right. Oh, yeah, 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 half, yeah. Like, I'm average, therefore I need to be halfway. And, yeah, sometimes that's not the case. And yeah, I mean, my colleagues just handed me a, uh, a bag of some broken adjusters, which is another common problem we see, which um, I'm It's almost like a, an X2 adjuster. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, we, if, we had a, if we had a pound for every X2 adjuster that was broken, we'd be doing considerably better than we are. <laughs> um, it's, um, yeah, I mean, X2 adjusters where but you it's, could say that that's user error. Oh, it's, it's because 100, people, it's people not, see a six mil Allen key yeah, totally. and you go, oh, I need to yeah, like, and they, this yeah. too. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's one thing that is totally not down to Fox in any way whatsoever. It is total 100% user error where people just, yeah, like you say, see a six mil Allen key and they're holding it by the long end and they want their, <laughs> they want their shock a bit slower. Yeah. They'll just crank it on. And then, yeah, I mean, that's, that really is the other really common common thing we see that again it's it's stuff where I guess mountain biking as a sport is growing yeah and I think there's a lot of don't say irresponsible bike shops because that's not what I'm saying but we you know we, we get it off very often where bike shops will sell a bike with a coil shock and aren't interested in specking the right spring for the rider and it's mm. like Come on, guys! You know the customer spending five grand on this bike at least swap this. Yeah, bike. all this and stuff then, about like damping curves, digressive rebound, like yeah, it it's all academic. If you don't yeah. have the right spring rate, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. That's it's, a mistake you see quite often on the trails. Yeah, yeah, and, you with, know, like fifty percent sag and what have you. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we and no one else expects every rider to be riding a perfect setup because that's like mm. you know we all have to learn. We all, we all learn somewhere, everyone learns somewhere. Um, Still learning. Yeah, and yeah, like we, I, think, I don't think anyone here would disagree that we're all learning every day. Um, and it, it never stops. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if we can help educate people better on, on what is gonna work better for them and be more reliable, last longer, um, then yeah, that, that's part of what we're here for. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a shame that there's there seems to be an amount of the bike industry that is less focused, is more focused on sales and less focused on that kind of education. Yeah, of yeah. I think that's that's a probably a good point to end on. Like, there's yeah. a lot that it's it's a lot. Um, what am I trying to say? There's a lot to do with um, the kind of the setup and the the consumer experience. Oh, totally. Is more to do with kind of set up an expertise and knowledge and maybe less to do about 
you know, whether you have a DPX2 or a super oh, deluxe, totally. it's more yeah. about like how much time you spend yeah. setting it up. And yeah. And, and people need help to do that because it's not totally. easy. Like, yeah. It's and really I, not easy. And I, I'm kind of conscious of what we've said. It's, it's, although we've, we've been constructively criticizing things, you know, the majority of what is out there now is, is incredibly good. You know, 10, 15 years ago, we were all riding stuff where we were picking from, from a handful of good bikes. And now you're picking yeah. from a handful of bad ones. And there are millions of good bikes. Yeah. And, and air yeah. shocks have got yeah. air springs in particular. Yeah. So much better. Exactly. Just a few years ago, it's like oh. you're basically sat on the top yeah. or you're all the way to the bottom yeah. and there's nothing totally. in between. And now yeah. it's, you yeah, can so have an air spring that feels pretty much more or less yeah. like a coil spring yeah, and that's I a mean, really good thing yeah especially in a fork i mean i i prefer an air spring now and i've, yeah. I've ridden the odd coil fork recently and just gone oh, actually i prefer the air spring and mm. you know kind of 20 year old me is just shouting and shouting at me in the back of my head going what are you saying <laughs> but, but yeah you know technology's come on and everything's good now and really it's just a case of you know there are certain enhancements that can be made for certain riders and um, and the education part of it of what's good and what's not. But yeah, um, yeah there's, you know, there's there's definitely not a case of um, you know stuff being total crap anymore. Yeah, yeah. Great. Sweet. Well, thanks very much. I think no we'll, we'll put some links in the description. I, we did a video a while ago about like basic how to set up your suspension from, yeah, so from we, a kind of basic standpoint. So we, put a link to that. We link people to your dynamic sag video oh, all the time. Thanks very much. So yeah, well, yeah. it is you, you did it is you know better than we could do it. So, but yeah. Oh, thanks very much. Uh, we'll put that in. We'll put a link to sprung suspension and we'll put. Um, Maybe we'll try and find some images of digressive and linear damping curves because I appreciate in a yeah. podcast it's probably quite hard to work out what we're on about. But yeah, if you totally. see it in a graph, yeah, 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 we can. We it can makes a lot that. of sense. We'll we'll put that in. Um, so thanks very much, Jake. No, thanks. Sir. Um, Thank uh, you for listening to the Bike Radar <laughs> podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. <laughs>